Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! everyone and welcome back to Joygasm where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and joining me is my bodacious brother Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, as we start episode 31 on this August 5th, 2017. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at JoygasmTV and Facebook.com slash JoygasmTV. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV or search Joygasm TV on YouTube, and no matter which platform you use to consume the show, please drop us a subscription, thumbs up, or review. It helps us build awareness, which we appreciate very much. We have a fun show for you today. In video game news, we'll go over intriguing headlines, including Bungie's game capture restrictions for Destiny 2 and Prey 2 patch performance enhancements. Movie news includes Hellboy 2, Pacific Rim 2, and Wonder Woman possibly making an appearance in an upcoming film. Finally, there is a tech story that I totally forgot to tell you folks on a previous episode about an external hard drive that fits in the palm of your hand, so we're going to make sure we actually uh, cover that today. <laughs> our topic of the day will be games we'd like to see made for next gen consoles but first things first how you doing steve russ it is saturday afternoon it's sunny it's warm it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood <laughs> You seem uh, chipper, I would say. When I get some sleep, Russ, I feel like I'm running on a full battery, as opposed to uh, half or 25%. We're good. You know what I mean? So no dreams this time. Um, Actually, no, I did have dreams. I think of The Sopranos, um, <laughs> which is funny because I haven't seen them. You know what? I ought to show, I, I need to show you The Sopranos. I think I sit you down and just have you watch a season. Uh-huh. I, I, we need to do that. Uh, Did but, you have a dream of Tony just eating a salad the whole night? <laughs> or pasta. Pasta, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, visions of Polly going, hey, it's bad Jeff Fish. What about you, Russ? How was your sleep? How was your, uh, how was your night, your morning? It was good. It was well-deserved. I had a lot of things I had to do during the week regarding work, doing uh, the, the day job thing and... I was cranking hardcore on the Joygasm website, which I have to confess to you as well as everyone else. The website is just not ready yet. So, Russ, I think the attitude is proper for any kind of game that needs extra time, just as long as it's good. Mm. You know, you can you 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 forgive the developer and you go, hey, you know what? You're make you're spending a little extra time making it great. We forgive you. Hopefully, that is the the going consensus because. I, I hope that by being transparent, people will, will be able to 
forgive me, be supportive and just be able to say, yeah, you know what? You go ahead and take that time to put in as much TLC as you want. I can tell you mm-hmm. that where it is right now is looking good. It's, oh, well, it's good. looking good. So I, I'm looking forward to being able to show you and <clears throat> be able to see the fruits of all the, the hard labor. Well, you're good at what you do. So, uh, I appreciate you know that. I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, um, been doing that a lot. I actually was supposed to give a presentation at work. All of the folks there have been really curious about our podcast, and um, that actually got punted, I believe, Boom. into a... Uh, yeah, woo! Uh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it got punted to uh, next week, I believe, so it'll be fun. It'll be fun opportunity to be able to let folks know kind of all the zaniness that goes on around these parts. You're going to have your, your, your uh, associates going, Joy Adam! Russ, what is joygasm? Can you define <laughs> yeah. that for us? Yeah, I know. I've, I've been kind of wondering, <laughs> should I put that name on all the big screens or just kind of mention it in passing? I'm not quite sure. Not quite Office, sure. associates, superiors, welcome to joygasm. <laughs> <laughs> it's time everyone has your old joygasm today. Oh, HR taps me on the shoulder. Uh, we need to talk. Oh. <laughs> oh. Huh. Uh, dinner? Something? Something? <laughs> Congratulations for your order, I guess. Yeah, well, it, it is actually kind of funny because when I was tapped to actually give the presentation, I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you want me to do this? Because, uh, you know, <laughs> just saying, just saying. <laughs> but no, they, they were they were pretty, uh, yeah. pretty pumped about it. So I was like, okay, well, let's yeah. let's see what we can do. Have you played any games lately, Steve? No, just the usual. Um Little Clash Royale, Clash of Clans. It's the it's the five year anniversary of Clash of Clans. One gym boost. So I've been capitalizing <laughs> on that. As, I've, as I'm cheap, I've been hoarding all my gems that I've been getting for free, like as gardening well and whatnot. You should. I have almost like three thousand gems, and so when they do a one gym boost, I'll buy like a weak shield for two hundred fifty, and then just boost all my collectors for elixir and dark elixir, dark elixir, <laughs> and uh, gold and whatnot. Um, but I do have a story for you. Oh, I like stories. Well, I like stories. Well, I like stories. Uh, so I was playing Overwatch mm. and doing some competitive, and I linked up with some people who were actually um, helpful on the mic. And so we played a few games, won some, lost some, and everybody was kind of going. They're actually vocal on the mic. Yeah, yeah. That's always a positive when that happens. I still cannot believe just how quiet everybody is on that game. Yeah. I'm just like... Where yeah. is everybody? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Team chat. Hello, anyone here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyhow, uh, it was I think around two in the morning, and so I was I told everybody my eyes are burning. I gotta go. Sorry. Uh, and so somebody says, "Okay, great playing. Hey, um, if anyone's down to link up on Tuesdays, I'm usually free on Tuesdays. We can." I said, "Yeah." I said, "If anybody wants to link up, send me a, a friend request. You know, I'm down. You know, I'll, I'll play on Tuesdays or whenever." You know what you need to do, Steve, when you're talking to people like that. I do, Russ. What? Mention the podcast. You hey, know okay, it. Okay. Did I just jump the shark? Uh, no. Oh, oh. So anyhow, so so I'm thinking that I'm going to get some friend requests, uh-huh. and I did. Ah. And so I, I, but I forgot what their names were. And then the following night, I noticed somebody started uh, messaging me, and so I thought, okay, well, this must have been one of the people who. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who I was playing with mm-hmm. that is now wanting to play. Cause the message was what you doing? And I was like, oh, <laughs> the main the, the yeah, mes- okay. the message was what you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so then uh, I didn't respond. I think I was like linking up with you or something. So I don't want to get this person false hope. So later on, 
uh, the following, or that was all on a Tuesday. And then Thursday happened and they said, are you there? And so then I responded, hey, I'm here. Usually have my Xbox on throughout the day. Typically active uh, in Overwatch uh, at night. Mm -hmm. And so this conversation went back and forth and they started like ignoring what I was saying. Uh And I I took pictures of all the text. I can can read you the whole entire thing. It's not even that long, but... I started getting suspicious because they they weren't really responding to what I was I was replying to them with. Okay, and so I went on Google and I was like, "Does anybody you know know about this user?" And I put the user out there. Yeah, and actually, I, the user is Whiskey Band Thirty Three. And the reason I'm so comfortable saying that is because oh, you, you'll find out. Okay. You'll find out. All right. So I Google it, and no one says anything. And and then I, I saw something intriguing on Reddit that says, okay, there, there's some Xbox spammers out there. And I thought, how am I spamming on Xbox? Like, what in the world? I never got spam on Xbox. What in the world? So I keep going with, and I think I'm just gonna play with it, see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And so. <laughs> <laughs> so the person says they found me on Xbox Live Messenger. I'm like, well, I haven't used Xbox, like, or not Xbox, even like Microsoft Live Messenger in the right. longest time. Like, what in the world? Like, is this an old friend? So we're going back and forth. Anyway, what it ends up leading to is they start telling me, oh, I have a new job and this, that, and the other. And and then uh, how old are you? And, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, okay, here's where it goes. Here's where it's going. So, um, I never said my age because I wanted them to keep on going. So I said, um, I, or they said, I just got done playing Titanfall 2. You want to join up? And I, and I, so I looked at their gamer score. Their gamer score is zero. Uh-huh. And so it says, how many games have you played? Nothing. And I go, well, you said Titanfall 2. Your gamer score is zero. Like, what actually are you playing? Anyhow, long story short, this person ends up being like some sort of cam girl or I don't even know. It's probably a robot. I just tried to like message a bunch of people. And so finally I said, um, uh, let me ask my parents if it's okay for a credit card and I'll, <laughs> and I'll link up and they go, how old are you? And I go 12 <laughs> and they go, I'm sorry. I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So anyhow, I took a picture of all the, the little conversation bubbles I'll let you see him after the show. I reported it and everything like that, but oh, that's funny. Thought that was pretty funny. But <clears throat> then I got spammed right after, like a day later. They go, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I go, "The same person." Are you serious? I'm like, "Hey, I'm 12. What? How old are you?" And they go, "I'm sorry." <sighs> I hope this doesn't become a thing. And well, well you, you you should defriend them. I, I did defriend them. Yeah. Well, I mean, now I did. Yeah. But yeah. 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 So uh, anyhow, it made me think last night because when we were playing over. Watch. <laughs> uh, you said, oh, I just got a friend request. Huh, I wonder who this person is. I did. You know what? I'll have to take a look at that. It'd be yeah. funny if it was the same name or not. I don't think it's the same name, but it, I mean, th- this is not going to be the only person out there who's had this idea. But it'd be funny if, if like a couple days, like maybe not tonight, but tomorrow they go, hey, what are you doing? So, uh, <laughs> you know, and then the same thing happens. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. So all you gamers out there, don't be, don't be baited by this. It's a brave new world out there. <sighs> Our last bastion of safety used to be the video games, but not Indeed. anymore, it seems like. Indeed. I guess there are people, uh, spammers are, are trying new avenues to, uh, to get a hold of people and advertise and... You know what's really funny is uh, I woke up. Yeah, I remember you were telling me before we started this this morning that uh, <laughs> you're like clogged in one of your ears. Yeah, I'm clogged in one of my ears too. Like I woke up and I'm like, what the heck? Like I have these headphones on. We're doing the podcast and I'm listening to you talk, and it just it's just the most off balance 
sensation that I have. Yep. <laughs> I just remembered you had the same thing. And so I'm sitting here trying to clear my head, like just, uh, anyway. It's funny how off balance that makes you feel. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. I feel, I'm, I'm just like, Burr. I remember that happened to me once and I squirted a bunch of like water in my ear when I was showering. Yeah. Just to kind of like rinse everything out, you yeah. know? And then I, I felt like I was drunk. Like the world was spinning. <laughs> it's funny how like off balance that makes you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you played any games other than Russ? Overwatch? I want to talk about clogged ears. No, I'm just oh. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah, nothing new, just uh, the usual fun stuff. All right. So, what about you? Play more Injustice 2, of course. I am just absolutely impressed with the sheer amount of gear that they have in that game. I was really thinking, okay, I'm making headway in this game. I'm, I'm getting epic gear for quite a few of the characters, but then even the longer I play with those same characters, more epic gear keeps appearing. So I honestly have no idea where the cap is on this. I'll probably um, do like a Google search on it and see what the situation is. I mean, it's great for replayability because I'm thinking, okay, well, I got this and I got that. And also just seeing uh, new uniforms lately uh, when I'm going through the multiverse planets and that sort of thing. So it just it's a game that keeps on giving. New uniforms does... Um Batman wears saggy jeans and tank top. Well, it's funny <laughs> you say Batman because Batman was one of the characters. He has like this like really bright blue and gray look with some uh, like yellow accents in there. Right. So it's the first time I've personally seen that particular costume. Right. But other than in that, uh, <laughs> Batman thug style. <laughs> what in the world? Huh? Look at the abilities he gets with his <laughs> yeah. brass knuckles. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn is um, a game that I haven't played in a while. I got back into it again. And the area that I'm in, uh, for those of you who are playing the game, I'm in, if you look at the map, it's the lower left-hand corner I've, I've made my way down to. And it's just, I mean, the whole game is just gorgeous. It goes without saying. But it's so fun to be able to discover a new locale where the fog goes away from the map. And uh, you just are presented with just yet another stunning vista. The area that I'm in, it actually has almost an Egyptian-esque kind of vibe, like the River of the Nile kind of thing. Um, not totally that way, but it's just like an echo of it. Um, and, I, and I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. I'm having a lot of fun just taking my sweet time. I'm not blasting through the main campaign. I'm actually finding as many side quests as I can to be able to go through and have fun doing that. Uh, and of course there's Overwatch and last night was actually pretty funny because there was some glitching going on during our play. Uh, the first match that we were playing, uh. um, there were two mercies and we were playing capture the flag. So <laughs> it shouldn't be possible. And all of a sudden I, um, I just happened to look and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I, I hit the, the little equivalent of the back button to see like what characters are on each team. And there are two mercies. And I'm thinking, what the heck? And sure enough, there were two mercies that were flying around with Farah, And I ended up messaging one of them. I said, two mercies, you know, question mark, exclamation point. And he instantly responded back by saying, ah, oh, it's a glitch. But uh, it was funny because I thought, okay, that's probably just a one-time thing. It was just, you know, the server had a hiccup or whatever. The next match, then we had four Torbjorns on our team. And it was just the funniest thing because, like, you could tell the players were, like, having a blast with it. Like, they, like, they, they each built all of their turrets right side by side. Yeah, and, and it, was it was awesome. It was so cool because it was, like, the ultimate defense for the flag. So, naturally, no one could get in there. But, of course... That meant that there were only two of us to try and get the yeah. flag on the other side. So 
it was pretty funny. I, I did my little laughing emote with Farah, and, and it was really funny because all four of them started doing their laughing with yeah. Torbjorn and back. <laughs> like, yeah, we get it. We're just making the most of it. But I ended up taking some pictures. I think I might have even recorded it for a DVR. So if I did, I'll plop that up on our Joygasm YouTube channel for those of you who are interested in checking that out. Other than that, I really haven't been playing uh, just a whole lot. Like I said, I've been working on the, the website and um, just life in general has been super busy during the week. So just looking to, you know, ping pong back and forth uh, through the games, so to speak. Steve. Good stuff. Russ. I've also one last thing. Um, and this is something that that you actually talked to me about, too. We've both been getting requests to go check out. Um, oh. I just had it and I lost it. It was with uh, Charlize Theron. It's Atomic Blonde? Atomic Blonde. So I'm thinking we're going to need a pro date to go uh, <laughs> check that film out and then be able to do a movie review. I, originally, I was just thinking, eh, I'll wait for it to come out on like I don't know, Netflix or something like that. But instead, I think just due to the fact that we're both getting folks who are suggesting and recommending, asking, requesting, all kinds of demanding, demanding. I think maybe we may need to take a romp on down to the cinema. Let's romp it up, Ross. <laughs> let's put on our rompers and go to the and romp to the cinema. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get started into some game news here. Bungie outlines Destiny 2's streaming and game capture restrictions on PC. Hmm. Alex Osborne reports, Bungie outlined the restrictions in a post on its official site, noting the game capture mode of programs like XSplit and OBS are not supported. However, you'll be able to use the screen capture and window capture modes in OBS and XSplit while playing in windowed mode. Other game capture programs like Razor Cortex, Fraps, and Dickstory have similar limitations. Those who wish to capture footage of Destiny 2 while playing an exclusive full screen can use a dedicated streaming PC as well as capture hardware like Elgato and Avermedia. <laughs> Bungie also notes that both AMD ReLive or ReLive and NVIDIA Shadowplay are supported. Select features that use overlays are not compatible with the PC version Destiny 2, including frame rate and start overlays from programs like EVGA Precision, XOC, MSI, Afterburner, and Fraps. Additionally, features like Who's Talking and like Discord and Mumble are not supported. So I'm not exactly sure why they uh, made that decision, but it sounds like folks who are looking to, to really do some streaming and whatnot maybe rather limited when playing Destiny 2. We'll have to actually uh, ask Nick about his thoughts on that. There you go. The other story we have for you is that Prey patch fixes PS4 performance issues. This is a game I want to watch you play, Steve. According to a Reddit post from uh, Bethesda, the patch fixes the screen tearing and stuttering issues that the PS4 and PS4 Pro players have encountered. The game's 1.04 update for a PS4, which launched in May, added visual upgrades such as higher quality shadows and improved textures on PS4 Pro. In addition to addressing the performance issues for PS4 players, Prey's new patch fixes a number of bugs and crashing issues for all platforms. Other tweaks like improved strength of melee, aim assist, and increased wrench range are featured as well. I remember the, the first Prey game was like actually a really cool game uh, that I played on the Xbox 360. So I might actually just end up picking that up myself. But moving on to movie news, uh, there is a rumor that I thought, oh, I have to mention that one. Run Wonder Woman appears in <laughs> Flashpoint movie. 
According to a report from Forbes, Godot is also expected to reprise her role as Wonder Woman in the upcoming production of Flashpoint. The outlet goes on to claim that while this will serve as the Flash's first solo film, it will also be, quote, more of another superhero team-up featuring several additional DC superheroes, end quote. Considering the incredible success of Wonder Woman and its impact on Justice League, an appearance by Diana Prince in Urza Miller's first standalone outing as The Flash certainly isn't out of the realm of possibility. Oh! I, for one, would love to see that. I uh, can never get enough of Gal Gadot. Indeed. Hellboy Reboot casts Ian McShane as adoptive father Professor Broom. IGN can confirm Deadwood star Ian McShane has been cast in the Hellboy reboot. As previously reported, McShane will indeed play Professor Broom alongside Stranger Things' David Harbour, who will play Hellboy following in the footsteps of Ron Perlman, who portrayed the character in Guillermo del Toro's two Hellboy films, which I treasure. I know you like. So it's Professor Broom? Yeah. Is he going to have an assistant dustpan? Maybe. Me, me. You never know. <laughs> I couldn't let it go, Russ. But I'm cheating. No. Uh, and while previously billed with the subtitle Rise of the Blood Queen, which appeared in promo art debuted exclusively online by IGN, the upcoming reboot is, as of now, simply titled Hellboy. Hmm. So I'm keeping my, you know, my, my expectations open. I'm a big fan of Del Toro. I really wish they could have kind of went out with a bang with a, a third installment. But, I'll, you know, having said that, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see where it goes. Pacific Rim again. Again, uh, what? <laughs> go ahead. What were you laughing about? No, 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 I just thinking about Pacific Rim. Anyway, go. did you see Pacific Rim? Uh, I, I started to see it and I was like, oh, okay, I'm done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Steve is not into giant robots. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I saw. I, I actually really liked it. I thought that there were certain things that they needed to improve upon it. I'm hoping that the sequel will address those, but. Pacific Rim sequel gets a new release date. The Hollywood Reporter says you'll have to wait just a little longer to see Pacific Rim uprising as the release date has been moved back to March 23rd, 2018. Oh, I can go see it for my birthday. There you go. The previous date was February 23rd, so the delay is only a month. John Boyega, well known for his role in Star Wars The Force Awakens, will be starring in the Pacific Rim sequel. He'll play Jack Pentecost, son of Idris Elba's stacker Pentecost from the first movie. Charlie Hunnam, who played the role of Raleigh Beckett excuse me, in the original film, won't be appearing due to scheduling issues. Stephen S. DeKnight will direct the movie with Pacific Rim director Guillermo del Toro now taking a producing role. So he does still have quite a bit of a, an influence on the film. Hmm. and uh, That's a good thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Jurassic World co-writer Derek Connolly has penned the script. So take that for what it is, folks. Moving right along into technology news. And this was the, the title that um, I was planning on, on showing you guys uh, I think it was like one or two episodes ago, but uh, it's IBM scientists have captured 330 terabytes of uncompressed data into a tiny cartridge. That is a lot of Man. space. So in a, in a new world record, Jeez. scientists at IBM have captured 330 terabytes of uncompressed data or the equivalent of 330 million books into a cartridge that can fit into the palm 
of your hand. Sweet. Talk about having a world of knowledge at your no fingertips right there. But Man. I mean, that's a big deal. I know for myself, I have an external hard drive on my Xbox One that's an eight terabyte drive. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm rocking it now, but 330 terabytes. That's just, to me, it's amazing how technology keeps leaping forward because I remember back in the early 2000s, I was working over at uh, uh, Cisco Systems, actually. And we were so excited because at that point in time, we had just gotten a server that was one terabyte for all of our video production needs. And it, <laughs> it's so funny nowadays, you, you fast forward and you're like, one terabyte. Eh, that's yeah, really you buy that at Target for a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's, that's not yeah. a big deal. So... <laughs> 330 terabytes. That's just, and I'm, I'm sure 10 years from now, we're gonna be like 330 terabytes. That's nothing. Yeah. They'll be on to something else. But anyway, I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that we actually covered that story because I thought it was a fun little uh, little headline there that I no, thought would be kidding. worth talking about. Man. wonder how much that's going to cost. Well, <laughs> the, uh, the low, low price of 99 99 99 <laughs> <laughs> More drive space that you could shake a stick at. Go ahead, buy it. We dare you. <laughs> well, let's get back into our uh, topic of the day. What do you say, Steve? Huh? Time for the topic of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Feel a golden light shining upon my dome. Oh, it's so beautiful. The skies parted and the angels flew. Trumpets blew. And everybody <laughs> got out of the shower squeaky clean. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. It just, it just puts me in the right frame of mind, you know? Indeed, Russ. So the main topic of the day is going to be about games we'd like to see for next gen. Um, I don't know how we should go about this. I, I, you know what? I have quite the list. I don't know how many you have. I don't have quite the list. I tried to hash out some details and stuff that I would like to see, but your list is probably, your Schwartz is probably longer than mine, Russ. So, <laughs> uh, so why don't you uh, start us off? All right. Well, I figure we can maybe like kind of ping pong it back yeah, and forth. Ping pong poo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 <laughs> almost missed there off the table. <laughs> Let's see here. So the first one that I have is, um, I would absolutely, wow, I can't, whew, I would absolutely love to see a Marvel or DC RPG. I think it's absolutely overdue. I think that due to the fact that we have, seen uh, various fighting games. We've seen isometric games. Um, 2D games and action. And yeah. yeah. I, I just, I feel like, like there is just so much canon just stuffed, whether it's in Marvel or DC, that it just screams, you know, having your party, you know, once again, your band of characters. I mean, you could use the Avengers, for example, and there's your band of characters that you go through on this crazy storyline. But I would just love to see some sort of maybe like action RPG of sorts. I think that would be just a, a terrific variation of what we would, you know, traditionally look at it as as what an RPG would be. And I think also too, like, like if you look at Mass Effect, Mass Effect was a nice departure from what would typically be considered like a fantasy oriented RPG. It was very much in the sci-fi world, and I just think that it would be cool to kind of once again take a different fork in the road and be able to to 
have it take place on earth and, and, and be able to have, or maybe not, maybe it starts out on earth and then you end up going to other places, other dimensions, whatever it is. Um, I think that that would be just a, a tremendous opportunity to be able to do that. And especially like, I think there was a game, I have a game, I think it's called like Marvel Alliance or something, but they have something like 20 or 30 characters in that game. Just, just a ton. And I was just thinking, what if they were to actually do something like that? Like where, where you would have like more of an action RPG and you'd be able to meet certain heroes along the way that you could decide whether or not you'd want them to join with you or not, or maybe have complicated relationships with and that sort of thing. So that was my first one. What, what are your thoughts on that? I was, well, I first started to think of the old, uh, uh, Avengers game that was on the arcade, Ben Scandia back in the day. Did you want the X-Men game? No, there was an Avengers arcade. Oh. Game. There was X-Men. It was the same kind of thing. It was a where you were just I remember that now. There was yeah. Iron Man. There was Captain America. There was Hawkeye. Right. And Vision, I think, was the only four you could choose from. Uh, but even as a side-scroll action, that, w- that was fun. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what could... What could the possibilities be nowadays? Right. You know, plus there's a ton of characters, but you brought up X-Men. X-Men, you could do the same thing too. I mean, there's a plethora of Mm X-Men to choose from and folks are going to have favorite characters. I mean, not, I mean, Wolverine, Cyclops, there's going to be some favorites in there, but I mean, what about Gambit? You know, what about Nightcrawler? You know what I'm saying? And it made me think too about like back in the nineties, I collected the Jim Lee X-Men cards. Oh yeah. And on the back, they have all the different character attributes for each character that plays right into the RPG world where you have different characters with different types of hit points or powerful abilities, special abilities, what their weaknesses are, that sort of thing. I I don't know. To me, it's just a no brainer. I think that they would make a boatload of money if they approached it the right way. True. What about you? Your turn. My turn. Um, Let's see. You know what? First and foremost, uh, to get this out of the way, this is the one I have least amount of details on. I would like to see, I I mentioned this on the E3 conference, but I'd like to see the next Half-Life. Ah, yes. And I I know that Valve is most likely not going to do it, Uh but there's a fan base for the game and the game is going to sell. And the game, I think the story is actually done, but the the story writers and the script writers have left Valve. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've been Googling it and searching it and and seeing what everyone has been talking about. And I I think that if, if Valve sold the license kind of like Bungie did to three, four, three, you know, they can sell the license to somebody else. Somebody else can make the game. Uh, I don't know. I would be forever (laughs) indebted. I mean, it's, I think it would be definitely successful. The story for half-life one and half-life two was tremendous. Mm. Um, I, I, I've told my friends about it. I've had them pick up the game. I've tried to get you into it. You did. You bought me the game. I got about halfway through half-life two. Was it? Uh, I believe so. Um, yeah, I think it's one or two. Yeah, I need to get back and, and uh, finish that up. The game wasn't as gra- graphically impressive as it could have been, but the story was deep and the details, like they they were were paid attention to. Well, I remember when the game came out, that was one of the first titles to actually have in-game physics, right? And that was a big deal and because did, you just didn't, didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would definitely think that uh, having Valve continue being the developer, I mean, that's, I think that that's, that's a imperative. Long sh- it's a lot. Yeah. I, I would love if Valve were the, were the developer, but they're just making so much money on Steam that they're, you know, I doubt, I doubt it's going to happen anytime. Stay soon. positive. Steve. I'm trying to stay positive. I want to <laughs> be positive. Uh, 
So anyhow, maybe if they had some oversight on it, but someone else made the game mm -hmm. just so we can have it. Yeah. You know, so not, I don't want the fan base to kind of dwindle into nothing and everyone <laughs> gives up hope and then, then we have no more Half-Life. Oh, know? no, I don't think that would happen. I think that, that they cause enough of a splash in just the gaming world. Yeah, that they would just, they, they, they'll emerge again and everybody just be like, oh my gosh, it's back. Yeah. There was actually another game that I should have lumped in with um, my previous listing, which is that um, having, you know, we've had Marvel versus Capcom and we've had other types of games. And we've even had like, um, of course, Injustice. I want to see Marvel versus DC. Like it would be <laughs> so cool to have a Marvel versus DC yeah. fighting game. Yeah. Just just the the sheer amount of, of characters that you'd have in there. I think that I would completely nerd out on that. It'd be great. Especially like if NetherRealm Studios were to do it. I mean, they with their Mortal Kombat series and especially with their Injustice 2. You know, obviously they know fighting games. They they make a right. very tight game mechanic fighting game. So yeah. the uh the other one I want to see is um I've been dying for a Star Wars uh Kotor sequel. Mm. The last Kotor sequel would start, which I believe was Knights of the Republic 2. I think that came out in like 2006. <laughs> and if I'm if that's correct, then that was like eleven years ago. Long time, and actually, with uh, the news of uh, Casey Hudson returning back to Bioware, that is a a very much hope of mine that he actually greenlights that and moves it forward. Because I can't remember if uh, Knights of the Republic Two was on the original Xbox or if it's on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. I cannot recall that. However. Just, I mean, imagine what would it be like on like an Xbox One X with like 4K support mm -hmm. or, you know, PS4 Pro, whatever it is. I mean, just, just the, the graphic fidelity would just be amazing. And just being able to have the the amount of physics and, and I, I don't know. I was always surprised that they didn't continue moving forward with that particular series because who doesn't like Star Wars and who doesn't like RPGs? I mean, that, that was just such a no-brainer. And, and the first two garnered quite a few awards as a result. Right. So anyway, back to you, Steve. Ah! You well, uh, keeping on with your fighting mm. narrative, Rusty, what I would like to see, uh, I would like to see some sort of uh, gladiator ah. fighting RPG kind of thing. Gladiator. Um, I just think, you know, with the, with the roar of the crowd and with the fighting elements mixed with, okay, uh, how do you win favor with your your Dominus or your leader? I don't know what they called it back then. I'm just thinking of the Spartacus <laughs> show from, from Stars back in the day. So how do, how how would you win favor? How would you strengthen your character? Uh -huh. How would you spend your earnings? Right? Um, they have a ton of arenas they can choose from. You know, from the the big Colosseum to some, some maybe like your your more underground stuff. Um, how would you build your strength? How what armor would you buy? Mm. Uh, what weapons would you buy? Um, you know, could you, could you use your earnings to, uh, barter with other gladiators to maybe learn some more skills, uh, earn your freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe like an online, com uh, element would be like, okay, you, you buy your own property and begin training gladiators of your own to earn more coin. Um, I just think that would be incredible on, on next gen graphics. Uh, oh, maybe even use like the environments 
as uh, to, to deal other damage, like you know, wall jumping, or if you find environmental like a, damage, uh-huh. or find like something in the sand, or if you, if you're fighting another gladiator and they like and, and you knock the shield or the net or the bow or whatever out of their hands, uh, you can pick up new weapons and use them too. You know, did you ever play Rise, Son of Rome? Uh, yep, played you, it, beat it. You beat it. Yeah, because what you, some of the stuff of what you're saying reminded me of um, toward the end of the game, they actually have a sequence where you're in a coliseum, right? And there is quite a bit of what you're talking about in, yeah. in that, right? <clears throat> Which um, that is actually, you know, it's funny I, I mentioned that game because I would personally love to see a sequel to that. I think that the first Rise had tremendous potential. I think that it was too short of a game. Way too short. And I think that obviously due due to uh, time constraints with it being a launch title, um, Crytek was not able to make as many like characters as they wanted to. So So you had a lot of repeated characters. However, having said that, as a graphical benchmark, that game still to this day, like I actually popped the game in, I think about a month ago Mm -hmm. and played back through it again it still holds up right. to the, some of the newest titles of right. today. I mean, it's just amazing what they were able to do with that that title. And so I think that uh, that would actually be fantastic to see another sequel from Crytek where they have you know a longer time frame to be able sure. to, to perhaps um, come up with some additional gameplay mechanics and um, have some uh, variants as opposed to the, the different characters and, and that sort of thing. I th- I think that that would just be fantastic, but I'm a fan of Crytek. I mean, he, I, I well, always like their games. Let's just say that, I don't know, it, maybe they, they used the, uh, high resolution in the graphics and therefore most of the space was taken for the game and, and that's mm-hmm. why they had to make it so short. But let's say they used the exact same engine with all the effects and the graphics, um, maybe added a few more different... Uh, executions because they, they kind of started getting repetitive in that, in that game. Yeah. But if you just take the Coliseum by itself as a standard and, you know, put water in there for maybe, you know, some sort of mock ship battle or you know, they, they were, they were switching out tons of stuff. You were in a forest at some point, uh-huh. you know, you were, you were battling people on, on horse and chariot who was shooting bows and stuff at you. I mean, there's a, there's many things that the gladiators did back in the day Sure. Uh, for entertainment and a bunch of stuff that Crytek could use uh, to build a game upon. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fun. And another online com- element would be you could battle each other's gladiators. Like you can link up with other people and battle them. The only thing is, the only thing I would, I would want to stress because um, if your character died, it would be neat if they had to stay a while to heal up. Sure. Like it wouldn't just be gone forever. Yeah. I mean, in a way, that would be kind of cool, but that would just be, I, I would go into a rage if that was me, if I spent all this time developing this character <laughs> and then he died and he's gone to start all over again. That, that would suck. It's interesting that you said it because uh, one of the titles that I would really love to see made for next gen is Final Fantasy Tactics. Well, that was back in the day, yeah. That was totally back in the day. It was for the original PlayStation. Did you ever play that game or not? Uh, you know what? I started to play it after you had beat it back in the day because uh-huh. I wanted to see what it was all about. And, uh, you know, it was fun. I just couldn't really get into it. I I, I enjoyed watching it more than, than playing it. It was interesting that um, for me to be able to play uh, a game like that because you have always been the Final Fantasy player out of the two of us. But the tactics game was not an RPG. It was more of a strategy game. And it was so hardcore in the sense that if you lost a character, like if they died, 
they die. Yeah. That's like, like, like that was it. There was no returning back. There was no spawning back to, uh, you know, playing the game or playing that round over again. And that I, I actually, for that game, I love that, that component. I thought that that was a ballsy move by square to actually put that in there because no longer do you view all of your, your band of, of merry heroes as expendable you have to really strategize and, and really just take heed when going in and trying to figure out, you know, which character can move at which space and what is their distance of, of attack and, and what can they handle versus what can they not handle, that sort of thing. I think for next gen, you know, the, the gameplay mechanics wouldn't be all that different. I mean, unless they were to, to, to explore some other avenues. However, in terms of just... The, the sheer amount of uh, level of detail that they could put into just each one of those stages, uh, I think would be a lot of fun. And I was always a fan too of just the, the, the art direction, the, the actual concept designs that they made of the different characters and stuff. You know, if you recall, Square kind of went through a phase where they did a lot of the hand-drawn characters without the nose and uh, there, there were like a handful of titles that came out within, I would say, one to two years of each other. And you could tell the same artist was just going through this trend. And I just, I don't know, I always thought that was appealing. I actually, I think I still have to this day the Final Fantasy Tactics strategy guidebook that I, I bought. Because <laughs> there, there were certain areas I'm like, I have no idea how to get past this. So, uh, kick it back to you. Well, it's funny you mentioned Final Fantasy, because I'll, I'll kind of go off that one. <clears throat> um I was when I was a kid. I I, I bought a, this one book that appealed to me. Not even because I knew about the book, but because the cover was so. Actually, yeah. I was drawn to the cover of it, and I forgot what it was even about. But um, the picture has stuck with me to this day. Where um, it was like modern technology, mm-hmm. uh, like you know plasma swords, sort of like you know lightsabers from uh, from Star Wars, uh, modern modern tech aircraft, that sort of thing, but mixed with more of a, um, Warcraft kind of scenario, like plush forest uh-huh. and whatnot. You can tame beasts like, I don't know, maybe even like dinosaurs back in the day, triceratops, let's sure. say that, right? So I'd like a, like a fantasy sci-fi, um, RPG type game where, um, it blends elements of Warcraft, Final Fantasy, Golden Axe, and maybe a bit of like civilization. Okay. okay. Where you're supposed to build this high tech area, tame a bunch of beasts, use them in battle, build and upgrade your city, defenses, technology. That actually sounds like learn black magic. or white. Have you have you black ever black or white? Um oh, actually it's black and white, I think. It's either black or white or black and white. I think it's black and white. But it, it was done by um I wanna say Phil Monahue from uh, Lionhead Studios. There was a PC title that came out in the early 2000s. It, it has a lot of what you're talking about. But anyway, go ahead. I, you know what? I have, I've haven't played hardly any games on PC. Excuse me, Peter. For, Mo, yeah, Peter Monahue. Excuse me, Peter Monahue. Yeah. I've hardly played any games on PC save for like Full Throttle and Starcraft. So, oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of the PC games I am not even familiar with. So, yeah. um, anyway, um, I thought also about um, you could choose to conquer or defend others. You know, mm-hmm. to build alliances or take their resources or use their resources, share technology, uh, or just pillage if you're, you're, gonna, you're that going is that, totally that black and white, dude. You, I, I got to look that up then. I got to, but I mean, even that makes sense too, because I mean, having a, a upgrade or update to, um, to the game, black and white, black and tech, or black or 
I think it's black and white. I'm going to have to Google this. Do a little Google search. So I'm going to do PC game black. Oh, hold on. Anyway, I'll kick it back to you, Raj. Yeah. So the next one I have on my list is Jet Set Radio Future. This was a game that I was always a big fan of from Sega. Um, I bought uh, both Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future. And uh, just the game mechanics of it were it was just really cool. Like the, the graphic style was cool. I know that there was Sunset Overdrive that was released on Xbox One not too long ago. And it, d- it did have some of the sensibilities of Jet Set Radio. However, I did really enjoy just the, the overall vibe of Jet Set Radio. I like the, the kind of the, the 3D tune shader that they used. And I just love the, the notion of going around and just doing tagging and that sort of thing. It's just, I don't know. It was, it was super cool. And looking at what we can do today, I think that that would just be a, a blast, especially like once like Sunset Overdrive, for instance, is, you know, they take more of like this weird thing where like you're fighting these monsters that um, occur from people drinking the, the the soft drink or whatever. And that's kind of fun. You could tell it was kind of still in that same vein, but it was definitely its own kind of existence as opposed to Jet Set Radio. So, yeah. Well, it looks like you, did you find it? Yeah, I found, I think I, this is black and white too. Um, and it was, uh, I found it on Google Video. And, um, I guess it's something I haven't seen much, uh, tech. It looks like, I mean, this is nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, you're, you're waging massive wars and you're, you're building your kingdom. I haven't seen much like beasts and, and tech and anything like that, but maybe you can uh, evolve or, or something through it. But anyway, I'll look at that a little bit later. <clears throat> Another game I have on my list. Streets of Rage. Ah, uh, snap. That was a game that I had a blasty blast playing with you, actually. Indeed. I played that game so many times. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Good old Sega Genesis days. Um, I would absolutely love to see what they could do on either the uh, the Xbox or the PS4 with something like that. I mean, just... And I don't even know if they would continue it to... or, Or... Excuse me, continue to have it be like a side scroller, like how it was back in the day, or if they would update it a bit to look and play more like, uh, I don't know, like a third person oriented game where you're going through and you have, there's more verticality, that sort of thing. Or even if it was like mirror's edge where it's first person, but you have your fists there and you're running and you're having to like climb up stuff (laughs) and do things. I don't know. Like, I think there are, there are a lot of options for, a game like Streets of Rage or even Final Fight, like the like completely revamping up Final Fight, I think would be just a lot of fun. And I don't know if like grab it, grab a PVC pipe lane on the yeah! ground. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Take that. Uh, I think that that would be a lot of fun to be able to see. And I don't like. I'm I'm conflicted whether or not it would be a good idea to just keep the the gameplay mechanics the same as what we remembered from back in the day, or maybe revamp those as well and make them a bit more sophisticated and uh, mature for, for today's audience. But uh, did you have another title? Oh, on I got side? a few more here, Russ. Yeah. You want know what, what I'd like to see? Hey, uh, back to you. Ooh. Maybe uh, hand this one over to Shawnee, our boy Shawnee, our red Jupid Mints. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see like a mobile game of Shining Force. 
Dude, I was about to say that. Man, I, I love Shining Force, especially Shining Force 2 back in the day. Yes. Um, or like uh, Lunar, the Silver Star. Yes. I mean, th those were phenomenal. <laughs> You're I love taking those names right off my list. That's those funny. Games. I've been thinking about Lunar for the last like month. For those of you listening, Lunar, the Silver Star story is one of my all-time favorite RPGs. I absolutely adore that title. Continue, Steve. Um, but I just started, I, I've been thinking about it for a long time, but ju just with the, the new release of Full Throttle on the uh, App Store, mm -hmm. I thought, man, you know, I wish someone would grab some of these old titles, these kind of point and click titles, uh -huh. uh, and redo them for mobile. I think they would sell. I would definitely buy it. There, there was a fan base. I mean, there was tons of Shining Force games that came out. Mm -hmm. It was one, two, three, Shining in the Darkness. Yeah. Um, I think even like on 32X and Sega CD, and I think even on the Saturn, there was some some... Shining Force too. So it was a series that came out and continued. Yeah. And I think that if they were to complete, and I, like for me personally, I wouldn't want them to do just the same isometric top down view of, of stuff moving around. Like I would really want them to just, okay, take the IP of Shining Force or Lunar and develop this completely new world. Like imagine Horizon Zero Dawn, third person style but in the world of Lunar, the Silver Star story or um, Shining Force 3, something like that would just be bananas. Or like Witcher 3, like, uh, you know, try and make it a little bit more within the RPG arena. You know, imagine having a world like Witcher 3, but have it be in the, the more of the fantasy world of like Shining Force or something like that. Oh my gosh, that would be so Ridiculous. amazing. That'd be so awesome. But even, even if, even for the mobile, if they just brought out the original game just mm. to kind of test the waters first, yeah. you know, and then made their own version of it. Mm -hmm. uh, awesome. Yeah. It would be, it would be amazing. I, I would be losing my poop if, uh, <laughs> if that happened. Cause that, yeah, those, those games are, that's just near and dear to my heart. Drink it, tears in my eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Junkrat. So the next one I have on my list is, also, this is one of the foundations of my game playing early years, The Revenge of Shinobi. I knew it. I knew you were going to come out <laughs> and say that one. Man, I watched them play that game tons of times. I sucked at that game back in the day, but I, I oh, wow. I, I, yeah, I watched you play that game so often. Now, that game was great back in the day. Oh, Oh, that whole series yeah. was badass. Shinobi three. Yes. Man. Where you had your wolf and you could uh, have him go out and do things. I mean, those were, those types of gameplay mechanics were unheard of back in the day, the 16 bit days. Remember how you could do like the double jump and then like unleash like all the shirkins. shirkins. <laughs> yeah, dude. Or like, you know, you get your magic charged up and then you lay waste. Yeah. Like for me, like, uh, I've been looking I remember at those fire columns that used uh -huh. to do like, yeah. man, sorry, go ahead. Absolute mayhem. <laughs> I love magic. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> what I think about um, regarding Re Revenge of Shinobi is Insomniac Spider-Man game that's coming out soon. It was one of my favorite E3 uh, games of this year. And just seeing the gameplay, how fluid it was, just how gorgeous it looked. Everything, I mean, I, I cannot wait to play that game. But imagine taking that same graphics engine, that same game engine, and I put and placing it into a, Re a Revenge of the Shinobi uh, world where it's like ancient feudal Japan and 
you've got all kinds of craziness going on with, with enemy demons and ninjas and who knows what booby traps and stuff like that. I think that that would just be fantastic to be able to see that in 4k resolution and, and have it be once again, like that third person 3d um, romp through as opposed to the, the 16 bit traditional or I'm not entirely against either like a 2.5 D version where like, yeah, you're running from left to right, but everything is 3d. And so you do get that crazy amount of depth kind of like inside yeah, where, where you have that kind of look. Yeah. So maybe even like a, a live title. Yeah, or, or, or not a lot, uh, an arcade title. Arcade title. Yeah, but mm. having the two, I would say I would definitely go with more of like the the Insomniac Spider Man route. I think that that would just be amazing to be able to scale up like like those ancient Japanese buildings and walls and stuff, and be able to you know fight different folks that sort of thing. Um, actually, while we're in the ninja genre, I really would love to see another um, uh, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, that, that's another oh, man, one. That game that was hard. It's super hard. Man, that was hard. I've always really enjoyed that on uh, the Xbox 360. And I think it would be really cool to see just what they could do. Although I will say that um, they need to upgrade their, their graphics engine. I noticed that, that they really haven't been doing a lot of big tweaks to it. Um, it might even be a good idea for them to explore other game engines such as uh, Unreal, Unreal yep. you know, or Cry, Cry Engine, something like that. Cry Engine actually be really cool for Ninja Gaiden, Nuts. I think. Do you have another one on your side? Steve? Yeah. Oh, Back I, to you. I mentioned this one before. To you. I'd like to see uh, like an MMO maybe of G.I. Joe. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. That would be incredible. There, uh I mean, think of all of the vehicles and aircraft and soldiers and characters, both good and bad, that there was, all the originality. Sure. Pick your guy, you know, level him up, equip him. Um, I mean, I think it would be too small of a game if they tried to include everything of G.I. Joe in mm-hmm. one single story. Uh, but, I mean, the online capabilities, the DLC, I think would be massive. Yeah. Th- those toys back in the day were awesome. Even the cartoon <sighs> was awesome. I mean, there's there's toys that you have that look so cool. <laughs> I wanted to keep them, even though I, ne- I don't want to play with them yeah, anymore. Yeah, I know. You're a full-grown man, and you're just looking at it, and you're like, <sighs> Wife walks in. What are you doing? I'm, like, laying down, like, posing on my action figures. What? I'm playing with my G.I. Joe's. No, I totally agree. Even if it wasn't an MMO, if it was just a, like, again, an action RPG, something to that effect. I really do think that that could be, you know, if it was like a Witcher 3 style or maybe not even Witcher 3 because Witcher 3, you're more of a maverick. You're going on your own. But having something like perhaps more like Mass Effect. Right. Where you have a group of your guys, you could choose who you want to keep or who you don't want to. You can meet all kinds of different characters. The canon is already there. You already have everything you could possibly want. I mean, even if they were to rely on the catalog, the sheer volume oh, of, of toys yeah. that has come out for G.I. Joe, as well as the cartoon. I mean, the, all that work, all the, the pre-production stuff is done. You just need to actually, you know, 3D model those those suckers and get them into the game, that sort of thing. And that that would be incredible. Really cool. The, the, the I think the secret sauce of that would need to be that they um, fundamentally keep it as like how the eighties persona version of GI Joe was because yeah, there not, was not, kind not of, the modern movies. No, not the modern movies. Cause the, the, the eighties cartoons had like a little hint of like anime to it. Uh-huh. Uh, but it wasn't totally anime. Right. Uh, and so you had this, this, um, kind of fantasy element to it, but it was still grounded in like this, you know, 
battle for earth and you know, what was going on and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I think that that would be uh, a lot of fun. You know, it'd be a uh, fun knee. <laughs> if Dern added an in and wide, my word. Okay. <laughs> uh, as if during the loading screens, <laughs> you know, what? remember at the end of the cartoon, like after all the credits ran, they were like, uh, there would be some kids playing with uh-huh. like, you know, fallen telephone, the cable or something. It's all electricity. And now, then some Timmy, other- you yeah. shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some like life lesson. Okay, from the G.I. G- Joe, <laughs> you're the best. Oh, that would be so funny. It would probably get old pretty quick. But if no, they, dude, that'd if be they, cool. If they had a ton of those, like it just in the loading screen. Uh, I think they were called public service announcements, like PSAs or something. Yeah, but it, but it wasn't like independent. It was like right after the episode. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, that would be so funny. I don't know if it was PSAs or if, if they they categorize them as something else. But that would be awesome. That yeah. would be cool to like. Because, I mean, they made quite a few of those. Like, after every episode, they had some other, like, you know, uh, danger prevention or yep. take responsibility for something, yep. whatever it is. Like, that, yeah, that would be pretty funny to, to watch now those. I know. And annoying is half the battle. G.I. Joe! <laughs> Love it! Yeah, that would be oh, really good. Oh, awesome. The next title I have on my list is Actraiser. This was a title that came out um, early on for the Super Nintendo and I absolutely just, man, I love this game. Um, and I think actually, I can't remember if I played the original Actraiser or if I played Actraiser 2. It was one of those, but it came out for the Super NES. And it was one of those kind of um, adventure RPG style games. It was a side scroller. But I've always really loved the world of, of Actraiser and, and just the the storytelling of it, the... Um, the way the character looked, the abilities, just everything about it. And I think that that also would, for some reason, I think of Anthem, hmm. <laughs> even though Anthem is way different than Actraiser. But um, if if you we were to fast forward into um, today and possibly just a little bit into tomorrow, thinking about taking like the, the game engine of Anthem that we've seen little uh, sneak peeks of at this year's E3, but just applying it into the, the skin of the world of Actraiser, I think that that would be super fun. What's next on your side, Steve? I'd like to see, I, I think I mentioned this back on uh, July 4th, our, our July 4th episode, but I'd like to see some sort of action RPG of like an old war style game where it's uh, like, you know, Gettysburg or the Revolutionary War, Civil War, something like that, where you start off as like an 18-year-old soldier, mm-hmm. new into the army, front lines, and you have to survive. Yeah. And not only survive, but get promoted. Uh, not only that, but um, maybe learn different skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you maybe you're, you start off as a front linesman, uh, then you're a sharpshooter, uh, then you become an advisor to the general, you know, on how to strategize to win sure. battles. Uh, maybe the battle could go either way, you know? I mean, I don't know about rewriting history or keeping it history, but they could have a lot of history facts mm-hmm. in there. So it could be a game, but you're learning something at the same time. Sure. Um, and then maybe, you know, you become a general yourself. <clears throat> I could see it. I could you see know, back in the day. Uh, back in the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Are you going to hit it back to me, Steve? I'm going to. Back there. <laughs> 15 loud. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> Service. All right, Steve, you ready for this one? No. Prepare yourself. Okay, I'm ready. Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Earthworm Jim. No, no, no. <laughs> Toe 
Toe Jam and Earl is, and I'm not saying the, the second one, the sequel was uh, terrible. It was not a game that I liked a lot. The original Toe Jam and Earl where it was isometric and you're going around and you're trying to find pieces of your spaceship and <laughs> you're, you're meeting all these like wacky earthlings and you're, you see all these different presents everywhere that once you unwrap them, you'll have different weapons or you have different abilities that last in a temporary basis. For me, I think that that would just be a fun romp through. But once again, just imagine like what kind of game engine you could use for that. Like if, if we were to use say for instance, um, insomniac sunset overdrive and you look at what they were able to accomplish with that game, which I don't even think you've played. I have the game. I'll have to show it to you. Yeah. I've seen you play it. Okay. <clears throat> but imagine something like that where like, once again, it, it's, I think it, it, the magic or part of the magic of that game came from the idea that it was isometric and that you could, you know, with the two of you could go anywhere. I mean, like, remember how like you go far enough on the edge of the screen, the screen would go to split screen. Um, I just really like the idea of how you just, you had this, I think it was like this ginormous map and you're trying to like slowly, but surely um, unveil different parts of it. You know, you're doing away with the map fog I just think that'd be so much fun to be able to like have that. And I don't know if you'd limit it necessarily to two players or if you could have four player co-op, you could have some additional characters in there, but I always liked, it was just a game that you could just sit down with a buddy and it was like, you know, it wasn't like a, this crazy intense game, right? It was just this like fun can laugh at it a bit. Yeah. You yeah. just chill and you're just, it, it, it's a discovery game, right? Toe jam. Big girl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, back in the day when it came out, I had like the, the hip hop of uh, the early nineties. Um, but yeah, th- I feel like that was a, a really cool risk that Sega took back in the day and it paid off. I mean, that was one of the most fun games to play back in like, what was it? 1991 or something. Yeah. I think they brought out a different version of that game for Xbox arcade th- when it was the 360. I'm not hundred percent, but I could have sworn I saw it there. And I was like, hmm, they made another Toe Jam and Earl in arcade. Okay, uh, maybe I'll look into it. And I never did. But I could be wrong. I, I could have sworn I saw it there. Maybe it was just me. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it was just like an upscaled version of the original game. I don't know. Back to you, Steve. Actually, I think uh, that about wraps it up for me, Russ. I mean, all I'm thinking, oh. I'm thinking of is uh, some remakes, but um, I don't know which direction I would take. I was thinking more like Strider back in the day. That was like a really... That was a cool game. back for the Genesis. Yeah, that, it would be really cool if they came back and made it again, just this huge powerhouse of a mm-hmm. game graphically, just, just be able to kind of call back to the, the day. That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me see here. I have two more titles. Okay. The first one is Panzer Dragoon. Yeah. Uh, they would have to take some different routes to that one. The reason why I say that is because there have been a couple of dragon games that have come out recently. And one of which, um, I believe it was kind of a Panzer Dragoon game, but it wasn't done by the same developer and it, it was a departure. It just, it wasn't done right. It, it was just, uh, it just eh, didn't work. However, there was another game that came out, um, Oh, it actually didn't come out. They were working on it. It was, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the company, but it was, uh, you had these different writers and then you had your huge dragons, your huge beasts, and you were going to do things. And somehow the title got canceled for some reason. I can't remember why, 
But I thought, oh, this is a triumphant return to being able to ride on top of your dragon. You have your pet dragon kind of thing and you're going through and you're laying waste to stuff. And I don't know, like I always had fond memories of the original Panzer Dragoon series. I thought it was uh, just a nice departure from what we were used to. And right. Back in the day, like the game was on rails and I don't know how it would play like if you were to take it off the rails, because my initial thought would be just be great just to like, you know, you have your stages and you can fly wherever it is you want to fly. You have certain objectives you have to meet. Um, and it would just be the, this thrill ride of sorts. Um, but anyway, there's that one. And then, of course, Castlevania. Indeed. I, for one, have been a huge fan of uh, the Castlevania Lord of Shadow that came out on Xbox 360 um, by, what was the name of the company? It was a Spain company, Spain developer. Um, it's like Mercury or something? Mercury Stream. Mercury Stream, thank you. Anyway, um, I haven't played the sequel yet, um, and I heard it wasn't as good. Don't even play the sequel. The first one, though, uh, seriously, I, I would say it's probably in my top 20, if not my top 10 all-time games because it was such a love letter to the franchise. They took a risk in the sense that it was no longer a side scroller. It was a third person game and they were able to retain a lot of the magic of Castlevania while infusing some, some new magic into it as well. I for one would absolutely love it, especially if that developer were to, were to continue going because they, they're the ones who came up with all that, but just being able to have a next gen Castlevania game with with uh, today's level of detail and and the uh, just the, the sheer amount of tech that can now support a lot of different sophisticated maneuvering within a, a title, I would just be uh, I'd be bananas. Yeah, with that, that game was majestic, even for the 360. That was that's a good word for it. Yeah, majestic. You know, I thought about a couple of the more couple couple more titles. Rest. Oh, back to two more things. Okay, what I'd like to see <laughs> is. <laughs> Maybe some like uh, either modern style or sci-fi style pirate game. Sci-fi style pirate. And the reason game. That I go there is because when I when I played Black Flag, one of my main gripes about the game was that the water effects kind of sucked. I mean, you you could get into a storm and. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the waves will kind of rise up and down, but no one really has the physics down right. But one thing they did very good was when you were going to an island, let's say, to, to fight the baddies, mm -hmm. uh, they would make it look pretty plush. Like it looked very cool. And I thought, okay, what if I, you know, what, what if there was a game where uh, you could visit tons of different islands who had that had different looks to them or caves or, you know, dive down and to find treasure or to hide treasure of your own. Uh, you know, build up your ship into this epic, you know, thing, um, fight off other, other people who are, are uh, coming to get your treasure. Sure. Of. And I thought, you know, that a black flag didn't do that very well. Um, and B, I, I don't see it being done very well in the upcoming, uh, games, upcoming pirate games like skull and bones, see if these, I've seen it, it progressing, but not something that I'm really interested to play. Like, Oh, I gotta do it. Um, but that's just my gripe is like, I, I want to see waves and every, every little, little ocean that you have to jump off your ship and swim towards the beach. Uh -huh. It would just be like, bleh, bleh, like the level would rise. And you want to like, be sloshed around the, like a yeah, rag doll. Exactly. I want some real effects. Yeah. And the other thing I thought of was, um, there's, I haven't really liked a lot of these space shooters nowadays. Mm. I remember there was a thing with Sega Genesis, uh, and I love playing a lot of them, but uh, I would like to see a combo of both space shooter, 
uh, you know, a spaceship style, mm-hmm. and then uh, flying down to certain planets, uh, and then getting out of your ship and have it be like a first-person shooter, maybe. Um, and uh, you, you know, you're you're getting materials or you're defending something like that. I'm almost thinking. Uh, you know, maybe you can have battles in between, like in, in the high parts of the atmosphere, but not quite in space, not quite, you know, down on level. So it could be not only uh, galactal, galactics type, but also down on the planets. Mm. Um, and I'm thinking almost like Mass Effect, but not Mass Effect. I mean, Mass Effect was totally different in my opinion. You, you could go down to the planets, but that was more of a loading screen. Right. You know, I'm thinking of uh, flying there, and then actually have to fly down into the planet, which is going to take a little bit of time, but have the whole planet zoom up and you can see more and more details as you get close to it, you know? <laughs> Epic proportions. Details. Actually, it's so funny, like, hearing you talk about certain titles because then it makes me think of other titles. <laughs> nice! Another title that just comes to mind, Contra. <laughs> like, I would absolutely love... I remember one of my favorite Contra titles was... I think it was Contra 3 for the Super Nintendo. But I remember like how outrageous some of the levels were. Like I remember there was one particular level where like you were flying through the sky, and I, I remembered this as you were describing your idea of like you know, having fights through the atmosphere on your way down to the ground. But um, I remember like the, one of the levels being. Uh, it was in the sky and all these missiles had launched and you were literally hopping from missile to missile and shooting stuff and wow. just swinging around. I mean, it was just crazy. But um, yeah, I think it was Contra 3. Contra 3 was one of my, my favorite titles of the series. And I do think that um, if they were to actually come back and do, once again, let's what would that look like on a next-gen console playing at 4K resolution and it perhaps no longer being a side scroller. What if you actually could make it into something that's more of say like a third person title? How would that play? How would that feel? What would the experience be like? Having the same kind of outrageous weapons and the the crazy <laughs> larger than life bosses. Um not, you know, not have to reload anything, just shoot. Yeah, you're, you're ammo. shooting. You're just, you're, we don't need to pick up no ammo. We just keep going. The only thing we pick up are upgrades to our existing <laughs> weapons. Yeah, and I mean, it'd be really cool. Like, imagine like the the game engine of Castlevania: Lord of Shadow, where like you know, like you'd have those cinematic camera angles that would like kind of pull away at times, and then zoom up, or sometimes go behind the character, and then have ones that were kind of doing a subtle swing of sorts, that sort of thing. Imagine that, but in a Contra world. I think, oh, man, that would be that'd be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this particular episode. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to leave us some love, you can find us on Twitter at TV and Facebook.com slash TV. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash TV or search TV on YouTube. And no matter which platform you use, once again, we would just totally appreciate a subscription, a thumbs up, a review, because it helps to build that awareness. And that's what we're all about here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we're here to take over. We're here to put our flag in the sand and say, hey, we're here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Happy gaming. So long, everybody.